Okay, folks, we're going to make a start. So I'm assuming I have everybody here in here that's done some training already because I am not going to talk to you like you're just starting because we're wanting to grow. So immediately, if you think you're in the wrong seminar, you're welcome to go to the starting beginners um, foundation <laughs> seminar um, because basically I'm actually going to talk to you about um, building through understanding and assurance of prophetic calling because whether you're at this point or not you're going to come to a, po a, a point whether it be over a period or a crisis point when things and circumstances around you or simply the, the crisis of your identity, you're going to be asking, am I actually a prophetic person? And so we're going to look at some tools so that you can understand and have and come to an assurance that you are a prophetic person, prophetic person, or you are going to come to the conclusion of how the prophetic is working with your other giftings so that you are understanding and you have a this assurance, this confidence in, in where you're going with this. Is this your main gifting? Is this a gifting that helps your other main gifting? Or, um, you know, where does it fit for you so that you can get an understanding of how this, this area of the prophetic anointing is working with the rest of your life? And uh, the reason I'm talking like this is we train equip many people in many nations to move in this area in in many different churches and networks of churches and i've had people as they've progressed in this they've had prophetic words in their life that they are um prophetic people but they they're coming and saying well am i and we know some people that they've come to such a crisis of a point where they actually were called to go a bit further with it, but they've actually not understood how to work with it in the context of the other things and other giftings going on in their life, and therefore they've stepped right out of it. Whereas we want to understand that you can continue to grow in your prophetic gift um, more and more, even if you don't think it's your main calling you can understand that it can really assist your main calling and therefore it's good to keep um in that anointing and if you suddenly say well it's not my main calling and you go off into another calling you can actually lose the edge that the prophetic can give you welcome hi liz welcome there's, there's a seat here i'll take my lunch off it And uh, we see we see many people that they could track further with the prophetic, even if they've got some other strong callings on their life. But they pull away from it, and they lose the edge that that prophetic calling could give them. There's some seats over here if you'd like to. Um, they lose that edge simply because they don't understand that they could keep tracking with this, and it could continue to sharpen the other giftings. 
Now, many of you in here will know that actually the prophetic is one of your main giftings. And I want to say to you, if you know it's your primary gifting already, you need to keep tracking with a body of prophetic people. You're not going to grow and hone and uh, develop strongly if you're trying to do it on your own. I could do a whole teaching talking about and showing you from scripture from one end to the other that the prophets were never on their own actually they were never on their own old testament or new testament even if it looks like they're on their own they're not on their own so you're not going to develop if you waft in and out of this uh, you're only going to develop as you let yourself be built into a body of prophetic people um, this is not taking you out of your church it's just enhancing your gift just like people have to go uh, and they go and train, they go and train to be a pastor teacher and they spend time doing that with, then we are, as prophetic people, we're working together and we're learning together and you find that right through through scripture. Now, if it, I'm going, just going to whiz through here. So there's many aspects of the prophetic, uh, but... Sometimes people think that, um, you know, if they are not a person who is very strong in giving personal prophecies, that they're, they're not called to the prophetic area. I've had that comment back many, many times. But in actual fact, there's many different types of prophets and prophetic people that you see throughout Scripture. You see, there's a whole bunch of these prophetic people and prophets in the time of David and they're not going around giving everybody personal prophecies, but they are so strong in prophetic worship and the prophetic news song and, uh, you know, moving prophetically on their instruments. And if you study David's worship leaders, they are all called prophets and they're all called seers. And so that whole area is an area of the prophetic. And yet we've lost that understanding. And so often the worship area of a church they're not calling themselves prophetic and they're not seeking to be among the prophetic people and the prophets well they're losing their edge because they need to be strongly soaking in the prophetic anointing so if that's your main gifting then you still need to keep soaking yourself among the prophets and the prophetic people or else that flow of fresh new song and fresh revelatory song and fresh uh, anointing on your instruments uh, is not going to keep growing and, and developing. And then you have a whole bunch of like um, intercessory people. And actually, when you, again, when you're studying through the scripture, you find intercessory people, they are actually called um, to be among the, the prophetic people because it's not just praying a list of needs. It's hearing what the spirit wants to pray Hearing what's the heart of God, hearing what the spirit wants declared and proclaimed over a situation. It's such a prophetic activity. And the people that you find in scripture, a lot of them, people who were strong in intercession, they were prophets and prophetic people. So this is another area that needs this edge strongly upon it. And it needs the intercessors to come and be among the prophetic people and be among the prophets, because that's actually their home um really uh, and we'll look at some more of these things but what we're so what we're trying hi sheena can you 
you can have a whole seti. Come in, come in. Lovely to see you. Um, so, what we're saying is there's a great diversity in this because even if it's going to be your primary calling is in the area of the prophetic, you're going to have some other giftings around that which is going to make you look different from another prophetic person. So you, we don't want you having a crisis thinking, I don't look like that person that's giving all those personal prophecies, therefore this is not my area and I'm going off into another area, which is what happens quite a lot. And it stops you developing the fullness and the, the strength you have in, in this particular area. Uh, so often you find... In actual fact, there's a whole bunch of people who can give really accurate personal prophecies. They're not actually prophets. They might be strong evangelists, but they can give a strong prophetic word. Uh, they might be apostolic and they can give a personal prophecy, but they're not prophets. So it's no good looking at that area and saying, if I don't have that aspect of the prophetic, I'm not called into that area. So what we're looking at is an overview here so that we can start to understand how these things work together. An example is, and Paul uses it in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, he, he uses it about the body. Now, think about your arm. It's not only working as an arm here to here, from below your shoulder to above your wrist. That arm, if it was on its own, would be completely useless. It would not function. It needs a wrist, it needs a hand on the end, it needs a shoulder so it can move round and round. And so um, we can liken that to different people in the body of Christ. We can also liken it to several different giftings that you might have that have to function together. For example, if you are an evangelist or evangelistic um, you don't just move in the fact that you're going to uh, reach people for Jesus. You need loads of these giftings of the spirit. You know, word of knowledge is super helpful. Um, gifts of faith, working of miracles, healings. These are all in the toolbox of somebody who's moving in evangelism. So there's all these things working together to make you um, equipped for what you're called to do. So nobody looks the same. So there's nobody, you know, I don't look quite like them, therefore I'm not in this prophetic area. I don't look quite like them, therefore I'm not in this evangelistic area. You can't do that. I remember hearing Derek Prince, who such a five-fold ministry teacher, he said he looked in the mirror one day and he said, well, Lord, I know I'm a teacher, but I'm not an evangelist. And it's like the Holy Spirit went back, oh, no. And the Holy Spirit gave him, who was a teacher, all the gifts of the evangelist. He became very strong in uh, ministering deliverance and healing. And so we can never write ourselves off in any area because the Lord's always adding what is needed. But it is helpful to know what the primary motivations are that the Lord is going to add. So he did, Derek Prince didn't stop being a teacher, but the Lord added all these evangelistic giftings to him in a very powerful way and he was able to teach that to other people and so he equipped many and he set many free but we're looking for a foundation that's got breadth as well as 
depth. So when we're teaching people about the prophetic, we're not just teaching a narrow way of um, the only thing we're looking at here is how you can give a personal prophecy to somebody. So we spend a lot of time and we're, we're developing people in the areas of worship and of intercession. Because if you're going to move in the prophetic and you're not interested in worship, then like we said last night, you're not cultivating presence. And if you're not, if you want to move in the prophetic, but you never want to pray about anything that you are receiving by revelation and all you want to do is give the word, but you're never wanting to pray out that word, then um, that's, that's narrow and that's not helpful. So we've got breadth we're developing here. So if, if you're strong in one area of the prophetic, we're wanting to pull you out into lots of different areas of the prophetic, even though it might not be your main strength. So, for example, in the, in the sessions to come, we will talk about the Tabernacle of David and we will talk about prophetic worship and prophetic intercession and we will have everybody singing the prophetic new song. It might not be your main gifting and you may never do it from a platform, but you as a prophetic person, when the prophetic groups of people meet together, we flow in that and we flow in it together. And we're not interested in your perfection of your voice. We're interested in this river of the spirit that we talked about last night, being able to flow out and release the glory. And that's one way that happens. Uh, and so we're talking about developing breadth in order that, yes, you might have very strong skills in certain areas of the prophetic, but we pull you out to have breadth. So you actually understand what's happening in other people's lives prophetically as well as what is happening. So you've not got this narrow view of the prophetic. And actually in the pulling you out, you'll find out you've got far more gifting in these, in these other areas of the prophetic as well as the one you're strong in. Okay, so great diversity as prophetic is usually combined with other giftings. Um, you'll be very familiar with these li lists. And gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gifts of healings, that should say, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits, various kinds of tongues or languages, and the interpretation of tongues or languages. And then later in that chapter, uh, Paul goes through another list and uh, 1 Corinthians 12 further on and it, he talks about apostles and prophets and teachers, workers of miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, kinds of languages and interpretation. Then, um, so if you just write down the scripture you'll get all these lists. You don't need to write down the whole list. And then we have more, more lists of types of giftings in Romans 12. And sometimes these are called the motivational gifts. And uh, that's, you know, what, what's your main driver, in a sense? Like... Um, you know, do you like to teach? Is is your focus always like you love to be out there 
and Reaching the Lost. I remember hearing Jackie Pullinger um, many, 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 many years ago and she was in Hong Kong and she'd come back to speak and she said, I cannot stand being in here, I need to be out there. That was her main driver. You know, she's an apostle, but her main driving gift is an evangelist. And so you can have, you can have a main calling, but the driving one is that goes with that. Like, I'm in the prophetic area, uh, prophetic ministry, prophet, but the motivation is often teaching. Because the Lord has called Stephen and I to train many people in this area. So there's, there's these motivational areas. Um, prophecy, and it says it's with faith. Service, serving, ministry, teaching and instruction, encouraging. Um, that's another of my motivations, is encouraging. A one who gives strong givers one who leads and those with strong compassion compassion is often going with evangelism I think if you don't have a, a strong motivation of compassion with evangelism um, you, you need those two working together and then you've got the gifts of Christ which often are called the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. I'm using the word shepherd because actually that's the, the scriptural translation of that word. Right, and if I was to ask Stephen to do a calculation about if you mix these together, how many permutations have you got of that? It's very large. Yes, yeah. But he, he would love to do that calculation, but I didn't ask him soon enough. So, because one of his motivations is mathematics. So, um, but the permutations is huge. That's a very, very large number because you interact those four listings just to start off with, and there's more giftings in scripture than, than in those listings. The, the whole point of showing you those listings, if you permutate those, for each person, nobody's looking the same. So don't look at somebody else and write yourself off in whether your gifting is in the prophetic area or another area. Don't look at somebody and think, I'm not like them, therefore I am not that. Well, you are not them, but it doesn't mean to say you are not in that area because you don't look like them. Okay? So that's, that's the first thing we want to look at. And then you can see these combinations of gifts in different people for example Barnabas was an apostle and a prophet uh, his name means son of encouragement son of prophecy but he was an apostle so you've got those giftings encouragement prophecy ap ap apostolic working in Barnabas Agabus he was a prophet uh, and he, the prophet prophecy we see him give it see the prophecies we see him giving are one that's foretelling a famine and another one that is to do with a prophetic act. He takes Paul's belt and he prophesies to Paul using Paul's belt. Then we've got the Apostle John, but you look at the Apostle John and he's, he's a prophet as well. And uh, he's particularly what's called an apocalyptic prophet. He has all this 
um, strong, visionary, seeing, prophetic, like Ezekiel. And like um, Zechariah, these, these prophets were seeing things. And uh, in John's case, particularly to do with the, the, the end times seeing. You've got Cornelius. He's a strong intercessor, is this man. But he starts seeing vision and he has angelic visitation. You've got Judas and Silas. They're called teaching prophets. They encouraged and strengthened the believers with a lengthy message. They could prophesy and they could teach for a long time. That was their gifting. Philip is the prophetic evangelist. And he's out there and he's got four daughters who prophesied. And he's ministering deliverance and he's got healing. He's got signs and wonders and miracles. But then he gets told by the Holy Spirit, go here and speak to that Ethiopian eunuch. And then, in fact, the Holy Spirit catches him up and transports him and takes him somewhere else. Well, that's all the prophetic anointing. That's all the prophetic area. So he's a strong prophetic evangelist. And you've got Paul the Apostle. But you look at Paul, he's getting caught up to heaven. He's having visions. He's having dreams. He goes into trances. He has revelations. He has angelic visitations. He's strongly moving in the area of the prophetic. You've got Peter. He's an, again, he's an apostle, but his area is evangelistic. Remember, he stood up on the day of Pentecost and these thousands get saved. He stands up again and thousands get saved. So he's this apostle, apostle and prophet, uh, apostle and evangelist. And he's got all these signs and wonders and miracles and healings and raising the dead. But he's got discernment and wisdom also as a leader and an apostle. And he's got. Again, he's visited by these angels and brought out of prison by these angels, which is the prophetic area. Remember this disciple, Ananias. So I'm just going through the book of Acts here and I'm pulling out these combinations of giftings in these people that we are meeting. Ananias, simply we know he was a disciple, but he has this amazing detailed word of knowledge about how to find Saul, who became Paul, who was, had been persecuting the whole of the church. And he, he, he has a vision. And in that vision, the Lord gives him this accurate word of knowledge. Go to that street, go to there and go to there and say to Paul this, this and this. And, and then he, he goes to Paul. He lays his hands on Paul. Paul's eyes are opened. He gives him a prophetic word about what his ministry would be to this really apostle of apostles. He gives this prophetic word to. And we don't know anything else about Ananias. He is not called a prophet, nor nothing, but he has all this going on, which is super accurate. But we don't know any more. Stephen, um, now he was a, a, originally a deacon, but amazing. He's called full of the spirit, full of wisdom, full of faith, full of power, full of grace. Awesome. I mean, he was full because it just keeps saying he's full, 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 full of all these things of the spirit of God. And as he was being stoned and as he was being persecuted, as he preached this amazing message to the Jews, he saw the glory of God and Jesus sat at the right hand of the Father and he was martyred. Then we have Gamaliel, we know, and he actually has a word of wisdom. And he was one of the Jewish leadership, but he speaks with a word of wisdom. Then Acts 13, it calls them prophets and teachers. And they were at Antioch 
and they were what were they doing as prophets and teachers they were praying they were worshiping they were fasting the holy spirit spoke prophecy and barnabas and paul were released into apostolic ministry so what we are having there you've got these group of prophets and teachers prophetic company in a sense these leaders in antioch and as they are praying together actually the the apostolic anointing is released and uh, Barnabas and Paul are released to their ministry to the nations and to the Gentiles out of that. Then we have the Apostle James and uh, he was in Jerusalem and he has a word of wisdom about what's going on, about all this stuff with the Gentiles. Why is all this stuff happening with the Gentiles? And he, he, he has a word of wisdom and a word of interpretation as to what is happening. So you can see how these giftings are all flowing in different ways together. And some people would say that James was like a pastor in, in Jerusalem. We don't, we don't know that from that, but people do say that. So the next thing I want to do, I want to just ask you some questions. And uh, so get yourself a piece of paper because you're going to write down your answers because these conclusions are for your own conclusions to help you to understand not just from a personal prophecy that somebody gives you about what your callings are but what has the Lord been fashioning and shaping you in in all of your life and you can get clues from how the Lord has used you what the Lord has done with you how the Lord has worked in you you can get clues so we're going to ask some questions, and as we ask those questions, you can think about the answers. And I'm going to give you some um, examples from my own life so that you can understand what I'm asking the question about. But you're thinking for your own life so that you can see some of the areas the Lord, he, he, he works in your life and my life and our life. He works intentionally. So any experience you have of him or any way he works in your life, or anything he takes you through, he's doing it deliberately because he is fashioning a vessel. So there is nothing that happens in your life that the Lord is not using. Joseph said that. Men meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. And he, he knew what it was to go to the lowest place, and he was raised to the highest place. And that happened to Jesus. Jesus went to the lowest of the lowest of the lowest places. Nobody went lower than Jesus because he had the sin of the whole world put on him. And yet he's been raised to the very highest place at the right hand of the Father. And he therefore understands there is no depth any human being can go to that Jesus doesn't understand about. Therefore that gives him, because he went there, that gives him the right to minister into everybody's life in the whole earth. And so there's nothing that you go through that the Lord will not use. And so we can look at it and we can get a picture of what God is doing with us. So the first question is, what happened to you just before you were born again or just afterwards? So I'm giving you the example from my life. I was 19. I was at university and I'd been brought up in the Church of England, but I didn't know Jesus. But Jesus started to speak to me. 
and uh, I could see Christians and I knew they would something that I didn't have I knew I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus and I was saying I was a Christian I didn't have a personal relationship and Jesus started to speak to me and I, I was hearing his voice and actually looking back the Lord started my Christian life by teaching me he was the God who speaks and that's what I spend most of my time teaching other people about. So you get these clues, even at the very beginning of your Christian life, about some of the things the Lord's going to use you in. So think about that. What was happening just before you were born again and just afterwards? The next thing that happened to me was, after I became a Christian, I immediately wanted to learn to play a guitar. So I started and it took me a year and I learned to play a guitar. And at that point, I didn't know the Lord would take me into praise and worship and leading praise and worship. And just after I came to know the Lord, the glory of God would come into my room. The, the, the strong glory of God and the presence of God. And I didn't know what that was back then. But now... Stephen and I, we teach people to move in the glory of God. We teach people to move in the presence of God, to cultivate the presence of God, to flow with the spirit of God. And all these things were happening to me in seed form just after I became a Christian, just as at before and just after. And you can look back and you can see these things. So this is a question you can ask. What was happening to you? So write the question down. You can think of some things now, but you'll think of more things um, as you take away the question and you just think about it before the Lord now for those of you who are filled with the Holy, up with the Holy Spirit or you're another term that is used for that is baptised in the Holy Spirit well you know you've really been filled with the Holy Spirit and some of the gifts of the Spirit have started to operate in your life a one that often starts to happen when you are filled with the Spirit not always when you're first filled with the Spirit, but it can start to happen, is you have the gift of speaking in tongues. Uh, but other times, it's prophecy and revelation starts to happen. Other times, people start to be able to preach the gospel very powerfully. Other times, people get a healing ministry. But an encounter with the power of God. And the question is, what started to flow out of you when that happened to you? For me, what happened to me was, I started reading the word of God when I became a Christian and after a bit I'm going there must be more than this I'm not getting out of this word what I know is in there so that was one of my main questions and when I was filled with the Holy Spirit immediately after I was filled with the Holy Spirit the word started to open up and I started to understand the word and the word revelation on the word started to come more and more and more and so the lord in filling me with the spirit he initiated what would become a teaching ministry at that point but it was the seed form of the scriptures being illuminated by the holy spirit another thing that happened to me was um i didn't i'd read all about being filled with the spirit and that one of the gifts you could receive was this gift of the new heavenly languages. And I said, Lord, I have no idea how you received that gift. I do not know how to receive that gift. But Lord, I can see it's in the Bible and therefore I would like to have it. And after I prayed that, this little tiny voice 
so quiet, tiny, tiny voice said, sing. And I said, Lord, can I get my guitar? And he said, no. And I started to sing. I started to sing a chorus that I knew. And after I'd sung a few lines of this chorus that I knew, it changed into a new language. And this new language sounded Hawaiian. So the tune, of, the tune changed and this went into Hawaiian singing in these new languages. What was the Lord doing? He gave me that gift of tongues as he filled me with his spirit. But he did it by giving me a new song in a new language. And the Lord took me on a journey from that where he took me into a whole area of learning to understand about singing this new fresh song to the Lord, this new prophetic song. And this was in 1978. And there weren't a lot of people singing the prophetic new song in 1978. And so the Lord had to take me on a journey where he explained, explained it to me from one end of scripture to the other. And it took me on an amazing journey. And it came from that seed. What happened to you on the, on the first occasion that you were filled powerfully with the Holy Spirit and on further occasions when you were powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit. Later, when there was another move of the Spirit and many of us was, were powerfully filled again with the Spirit, the next thing that erupted out of me was the gift of prophecy developed uh, strongly in me. It was functioning a little bit before, but it, it, it grew during that time of really soaking in the Holy Spirit. That's question two. What happened to you when you were on the occasions that you have been strongly filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, next question. Who has God put in your life who disciples you or has discipled you or trains you or has trained you? What giftings do they have? Because those who train you the anointing on them is given to you. We use the word impartation. It simply means that what I have, I share with you. And it's such as I have, I give to you, is what Peter said to the man who was lame. Such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He gave him a gift of healing. He imparted healing to him. And Paul says, I long in Romans 1 to come to you and impart some spiritual gift to you. So there is that when you are with prophets, what they have, you can have some of it or more of it, depending on where you are at. You will receive something. So even in me speaking to you this morning, I've got faith that I'm imparting something of the prophetic gifting and prophetic ministry to you. You know, we pray for people to start being activated in dreams and visions. And when we pray for them, that starts to happen because that's an area the Lord has worked in us and so we can release it to others. We can give it to others. We can pass it on. So whoever you've been discipled or trained by, what some of what they have will come on to you. Now, it won't look like them necessarily. Think about Moses and Joshua. Moses lays his hands on Joshua and Joshua becomes the next leader. And he receives of the spirit that is upon Moses. But his ministry doesn't look anything like Moses' ministry. Similarly with Elijah and Elisha. Elijah throws his coat 
onto Elisha. And then Elisha receives this, this coat when it comes down from heaven. Their ministries don't look the same at all. Their ministries look completely different, but there was an impartation from one to the next. There was a sharing and a passing on of the anointing of the Spirit. But it didn't, doesn't look the same. So you're not looking to look like a clone of me. And I'm not looking for you to look like a clone of me, as you would be trained. But I'm looking that what I have, I am passing on to you in a way that fits with who you are as a chosen vessel of God. So think about who you've been trained by and what giftings they have. You know, you may have been trained directly by somebody or you may have received things from reading things or listening to, uh, in my day, in the beginning, it was cassettes. So you can tell how long ago that was, a long time. And I think I listened to every single teaching cassette of Derek Prince that existed. And, you know, I'm a teacher. So the, the motivation in you will actually cause you to to want to receive from other people who have the same type of ministry, who are, who are, who are more mature than you. And so you can, you'll receive from them. Um, you think about the, there's a prophet and he's gone to be with Jesus now. He's called Bob Jones. Who's heard of Bob Jones? Yeah, most of prophetic people have heard of Bob Jones. And he was this amazing seer in the spirit. He, he, he was a visionary. He, he was looking in the spirit. People only had to get around Bob Jones and they were being caught up to heaven because that was what he carried. And so what a person carries, they pass on. And particularly if you are around somebody a lot, then you're going to catch a lot of who they are. But don't try and be a clone of them. The Lord doesn't make clones. He doesn't have clones. He doesn't have robots. You are made to be who you are. And what, they, what you receive from somebody else, it fits in to the rest of who you are. You don't become like them. You see, in some cultures where, uh, and I'm not talking about Europe really, but in some cultures, you, you see that the person who's being trained, he wears the same thing, he looks the same, he might carry the same bag, he speaks the same. We're not trying to do that. God doesn't have clones. You are who you are, but you can receive um, from somebody else right for example my mother-in-law she was moving in praise and worship um, before many people moved into this, this area in um, lots of different ways and so I caught things from um, her area because she taught me in that at the beginning because she was also a music teacher um, but my area of praise and worship looks nothing like her area because she's an evangelist and a pastor. So she goes out. She would go out on the streets with praise and worship when nobody ever did that. She did it before anybody ever did it. She was a pioneer in that. Um, but I'll, I'll move in prophetic area of worship, and she doesn't do that. She does all the this outreach evangelistic worship in many, many different ways. She's been into nearly every prison in the UK use, using praise and worship and choirs and music. So think about people that the Lord has put in your life. Um, 
and also you know if you if you have people that are specifically mentoring you closely what gifts have they said they've seen in your life okay next question here's the question what did the lord do in you when you look back after coming through very a very difficult experience what changed in your life for example did your prayer life increase or your ability to witness increased or your ability to recognize his voice because when you go through something that's very difficult the enemy thinks he is crushing you but all the lord is all that's happening is the it opens up another channel for example, you know, if the enemy's crushing you, you get cracks. But what happens is, out of those cracks, like we were saying last night, starts to flow the glory. Starts to flow new giftings and new, new areas. That's all that happens. The enemy thinks he's crushing you, but no. All that's going to happen is something new of the glory of God is going to start flowing out of you. I can go, I can go through four things when I've gone through very difficult experiences. I'm not talking about everyday difficulties. I'm talking about experiences of your life which are seriously difficult. And out of every one of these four things over 40 years, it's over 40 years, um, so I'm not talking about every day. This is over 40 years. Four, four, key th four key times that were very, very difficult. Out of it has flowed something new and powerful each time so now I knew the last one which was in 2009 I knew that the Lord would open up something new more than one new thing out of my life so the enemy thinks he's doing that and all you go is oh no because the glory of God is going to come out more out of this there will be multiplication there will be more glory coming out of this you think about that you, that might take you some time to go away and think about but what has opened up out of difficult experiences and in each case the Lord was growing and releasing further what he put inside uh, me as a vessel so he'll be releasing more that he's put inside of you next question number five what dreams as a child you might not have even known Jesus but what what dreams was he giving you did you have any specific dreams I remember being asked this question and I opened my mouth to say, oh, I can't remember any dreams from when I was a child. And suddenly the Holy Spirit brought back to me a dream I had. And I would have been about four. And in this dream, um, I was sitting on the bonnet of my dad's car in the natural. My dad in the natural had a red, a red car. And in the dream, I was sitting on the bonnet, out, outside the car, sitting on the bonnet. And the car started to move while I was sitting on the bonnet. And as a four or five-year-old, that dream was so real to me that I went to my um, earthly dad and I said to him, why did you start driving the car when I was sitting on the bonnet on the outside? And my dad had no clue what I was talking about. He, but he just said, I would never do that, which was so nice. He said, I would never do that. And that dream puzzled me for a lot of years as a little child because it was so real. It was really vivid. And at that moment, I got asked that question, was there a dream? 
when you were a child? And I was about to say no. The Holy Spirit reminded me. And I understood the dream in that moment. And what was the Lord doing? He was doing two things. He was showing me something about what that dream meant, but he was also activating a, 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 um, a gifting of interpreting dreams at the same moment in time. But that car, cars, as many of us know, who have had the blessing of listening to John Paul Jackson, who we really honour because he was fantastic in releasing the understanding of dreams and visions. Um, car means ministry. and This was a red car. So this was speaking about my life and what the Lord wanted to do with my life. But I wasn't inside that car yet. And red would speak of the finished work of Jesus, the work of salvation. Um, I wasn't inside that car yet. So even when I wasn't born again, the Lord was saying, I'm taking the whole of your life, even before you're born again, and I'm fashioning it so that you can be who I've called you to be. And that's what he often does with prophetic people. You can go through some difficult situations, even from being young, because people don't understand what's working upon you as a prophetic person. Because my dad didn't understand this dream that I, that I had. And Lord can be fashioning you and giving you um, desires. He can be giving you revelation. And you're not even born again yet, but he's fashioning this prophetic anointing and a prophetic vessel. And so the Lord is saying that. He's saying, I'm taking you from now and I'm starting this journey, even though you're not yet inside that car. And uh, Red would be speaking of a, a ministry that reveals the finished work of Jesus. So what, what dreams have you had as a child, maybe even before you knew Jesus? So... Six, next question. S similar to number five, sometimes you can even look back and see God working in your life in supernatural ways long before you're saved. Can you think of any supernatural experience in your own life even before you knew Jesus? What happened to me was, again, I would have been about five or six I was standing by the side of the road and uh, I was just about to step off the, the, the curb into the road and a hand pulled me back and a car went Phew. if I'd have stepped off that curb I would have been dead because it, it was the car was moving fast and I'd not seen it as a five and six year old on my own and I would have been dead and I looked round to see who had pulled me back and there was nobody there and I never understood that one as a child. But as soon as I became a believer, I understood that was an angel that had, had saved me. So uh, and that was an angelic encounter that, as a five-year-old. And so my name is Angela. It, it means there's an, in, there's an interaction, basically, with the angelic realm, which... I have had some some interaction with that realm, but I know there's more in that area, and it's that is to do with the seer visionary realm of the prophetic. So I can look back to that, and it's it's like this little clue that Jesus is going, "Hi, this is part of your calling." Hi. 
So I'm giving you these questions because then you can find out from your own life, not just from somebody else speaking into your life, you can find out some of these areas uh, where the Lord will, will use you. He may already be using you, but he will use you in future days. These, these are clues because of the seeds the Lord plants in your life. Uh, number seven in prophetic words that you've received from people with pro- other people with proven accepted mature prophetic ministries what gifts and callings do they mention for your life now I'm only talking about mature people you know we have practice prophecy where we prophesy to one another in safe places and we have um, observations our friends make to us. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about proven, mature people prophesying into your life that, you, that you've then talked to your mentors and leaders about and said, what do you think? Do you think that's from God? And you've come with the help of other mature people in your life to an understanding that God was speaking through that word. And then you can put that into the mix. But I want you to understand that is not the only thing in the mix. That is not the only way God will speak to you about what you're called to. In fact, the Lord speaks in all these different ways and they're all parts of a painting of your life. And it's only when you put them all together that they make the final understanding. Oh, that's what it looks like. That's what I'm coming into. And, you know, God may speak with prophetic words into a situation or an area or a coming uh, season of your life through other people, but he's never going to give you the whole picture through other people, I'm telling you. They will only have the background. So, for example, a jigsaw. The jigsaw has all the sky and all the trees and everything, but the main features of that jigsaw the Lord's given to you. He's giving to you personally. He might give you a dream. He might give you scripture. He is not giving you everything concerning your life through somebody else because he's a personal God with whom you have personal relationship. So he is not speaking to you through everybody else and not speaking to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants relationship with you. So that's why we're doing this, so that you can, you can dialogue with the Lord to come to an assurance of what he's what callings are on your life. And we're doing this in the context of knowing your identity. Like we said last night, we were talking about this last night, that your calling is not your identity. Your identity is this chosen, precious, glorious son and daughter of the king, highly valued, highly loved, um, bought with the amazing work of Jesus, finished work of Jesus. That's your identity. And we're always growing in the depths of understanding of the finished work of Jesus and and what that means to us and through us. That's your identity. Your calling is, is is things you do and you move in, but it's not who you are. You see, I'm a chemist in the sense of I was trained as a chemist, but that's not my identity. My identity is Angela Bowler, married to Stephen Bowler, daughter of Vera and Les Roberts, you know, and I'm a child of the the living God. 
and and my whole of my um, genealogy is now actually in Jesus because from the foundation of the world he saved me and he's given me a new past and he's given me a new future that's that's who I am and so if you're going I'm trusting that you're understanding that and that you are thinking about these questions honestly with right judgment as it says in Romans think about yourself with right judgment um not to oh I am a worm because you're not because you're born again and and the glory of God is living on the inside of you you are glorious you're a glorious child of the king but on the other hand you're not you know oh great I can call myself a prophet we had another scenario in another nation many years ago where we'd been with this church and we'd been training the people in this church and there was one person in this church and they were very hungry for the things of the prophetic and they would they would wanting to learn but then after several years we we were there and this person says oh i want to speak to you am i a prophet and we could tell this person wasn't secure in their identity and so to one person we would be able to we would you know if you're really called and you've got your identity and you know you're called you're not going to ask that question actually you don't need to ask that question when you're in your identity um so we knew she wasn't in her identity so we would say yeah you know you you're in this prophetic area and you're growing in it but am i a prophet am i a prophet am i a prophet and we we wouldn't say to her you are a prophet because she wasn't a prophet she was growing in her prophetic gift but because we wouldn't say she was a prophet she never came back in fact she left the church and she was nowhere because her identity was only in the fact that she was thinking she was a prophet so we're not going that direction and we're not going the other direction we're we're not i'm a worm therefore i can't have any thing throwing through me no that's rubbish and the other way we're not going oh, unless you call me a prophet and then i'm i'm not doing anything we're we're in the middle and we're thinking about these things with right judgment with balanced judgment so that we can cooperate with who god has made us to be that's all we're doing this for Right, just as we were saying at the beginning, question 8, what things motivate you? What do you enjoy doing? What's your desire in God? What's your motivation? What what type of books do you like reading? If you like reading books, what type of books do you like reading? I'm thinking about Christian books. Like the books that Stephen and I read, we we're both called into the areas of the prophetic and teaching, but we read completely different books. from each other. Uh even though we've got s- these similar callings, we're still completely different. So what type of thing do you like to read about? What's your desire? What's your deep down desire in God? You know, like I said, when I just as around the time I was being born again, I would be hearing God's voice. and it's like god put a passion inside me for hearing his voice so part of my motivation is this teaching motivation another passion is this hearing god god's voice what does he want how can i be walking with the spirit of god and flowing with the spirit of god that's part of my motivation
because God gives us desires. Now, the flesh has desires. His soul has desires. But we're talking about burning biblical passion. And the only way you're going to get anything out of this is you've got to be brutally honest with yourself. You're not thinking more highly of yourself and you're not thinking more lowly of yourself. You're thinking with right judgment. Then finally, what giftings are already operating in your life? Now we went through, we saw those lists. You can go to those lists on Corinthians 12, on um, Romans 12. Ephesians 4, you can go to those lists and you can look in other places and you can be asking, Lord, well, oh yeah, I can see that's operating, that's operating. And, okay. So, that's the list of what we've been looking at. Are you seeing any picture? Are you seeing any pieces coming together already? It could take a while to go away and think about this. But what I'm sharing with you with that is, it's not just a list. What it's talking about are the ways of God in your life. And that's one aspect of the prophetic is prophetic people need to cultivate an understanding of how God is working in your life. You know, you can't just be good at giving other people personal prophecies for their life, and you should never be telling people in a personal prophecy, you do this and you do that. And uh, the more you understand the way God works in your life, um, you can give more mature prophecy to help other people. So this will help you with your life, and then out of being helped by the Lord that the ways he is working in your life, then you'll be able to prophesy to people at another level. Because we are often working with people who are leaders and you can't and they've got to deal with difficult situations and you can't give them glib answers. And you and you've got to grow in these ways of God in your own life and accept the ways of God in your own life and walk through those ways. And learn from that. You can't say why, why, why wanting to be out of it, the situation that you're walking through. But you can ask, what are you doing in my life through this? And that enables you to walk through without kicking and screaming. And you come into a new place of maturity, which will enable you to prophesy at another level. We hear baby prophetic people and they're... They'll see somebody in a difficult situation and they're saying, oh, you should really praise the Lord in this. Thus says the Lord, you should praise the Lord. And you laugh, but people do this. Mm. And you go, no, 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 no. No, if, if they'd walk through some things with God and they'd learnt some things about the ways of God, they wouldn't be prophesying like that to that person. They would be prophesying with compassion and with love and they would be, be able to give that person some keys of wisdom to walk through what they're walking through and so you being able to work with those questions you'll start to walk with the Lord in his ways and then you'll be able to prophesy at another level so this question thing is doing a lot of different jobs for you as a prophetic person if you'll go away and work with it
so who 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 can start to see some things going on in their life from from that list of questions yeah yeah anybody want to make any comments about um what they're seeing happening what can what can is there something there that out of that you can go oh that i can actually see god wants to bring forth that gifting at some point in my life even though i don't see it fully operating yet who who can see that can you see anything you know from your uh time when you became a christian or were baptized in the spirit or can can you see anything that's that's in its seed form Father, I thank you for um, all these lovely testimonies that people have been given here and um, all the rest that we didn't have time to hear. So, Lord, I just ask you to just take what we've been learning this morning and, Lord, continue to speak by your spirit and and develop, Lord, um, what you want to say in in and through this to each person, that, Lord, they might have an understanding and an assurance of the callings and destinies on their life so that they can as their identity in who these sons and daughters of God, beloved sons and daughters, they can walk in these callings, Lord, that you have prepared beforehand that we can walk in them. So thank you, Father, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Enjoy your coffee. And that, that's, again, that's through there.